firing. It's a direct order, sir. I'm not going to annihilate 4.3 million Pakistanis without hearing directly from someone whose authority I recognize. You are relieved of your command. Line's dead, sir. What the hell did you just do? Have inbound crews miss on our position. All hands, emergency team! Emergency team! Place for impact! And that was a little teaser from the uh, new show, Last Resort on ABC. And you are watching, or watching, I wish you could watch. You are <laughs> listening to What to Watch podcast, episode 24. I'm your host, Chris, and joining me as always is... Jeremiah. Hey, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Maybe someday we'll have a live video show. Huh? Yes. You never know. We'll be... Have our own TV show or something, or at least stream this, or at least do it live. Yeah. We could always—that's actually something we could do very easily if we wanted to. So yes, Google Hangouts make that quite easy. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of different ways to to do it nowadays. So mm-hmm. very so, true. So how you doing, well, buddy? I am doing good. We've uh, we've had nice weather down here. It did have a thunderstorm today, but other than that. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I have to say I have not watched a lot of TV because I have been heavily playing video games because I I know there will be a lot of great deals come Black Friday. Yes, so I'm will. trying to justify buying new ones by beating the old ones I have. Mm-hmm. So if I can finish them, I'll feel better about buying the ones on sale. <laughs> I'm a little behind myself lately, but uh, I'm trying to keep up. I'm trying to keep up with the shows. So. Mm-hmm. So how is your fantasy survivor league doing? <laughs> fine. Are you pulling ahead. Doing fine. My <clears throat> my guy is uh, still in there, so Malcolm. So I always have still have a shot. I mean, he's uh, obviously a huge target, so it will be it'll be difficult for the guy to make it all the way. But you never know, it can happen. So yeah, that's it's going good. I've been enjoying this season immensely. In fact, everyone has been enjoying this season immensely. So the ratings have been well. Is ratings that what you've are been doing. Hearing? I guess the ratings are doing fine. I have not been checking on them, okay. but I just know that the Survivor world has been talking nothing but good things. Uh, this last episode from last week, a crazy tribal council was just fantastic. Uh, so just a lot of good TV there. So, uh, but, but it's been very entertaining. Uh, so Now, I know you're a fan of Survivor, and mm-hmm. you're a fan of Mad Men. So if Mad Men was on the show Survivor, who would who would come out on top? <laughs> you know what's funny is I did a podcast with Rob Sesternino, who's a, a television uh, reality television podcaster. I believe we might have talked about yeah. him on this particular podcast. I can't remember, but anyway, my buddy Rob and I had did a podcast uh, about Mad Men, and he asked me. We started dishing it out about who would oh, do well and right. who didn't. Uh, if I remember right, during that conversation. Well, I think we thought that Don would always do well. I mean, Don's I pretty suave guy. I think he intimidate everyone. But he could be a bit intimidating. I'm trying to remember if we said it could wind up being one of the women to win because women seem to do very well on this show because they can just kind of slide right into the real, you know, you can whether they use their sexual charm or whatever. But, you know, women are very good at the game because they just, they just know how to work that – and Finamoon charm to win, and we. So I think would we. Would you, if you were stuck on a desert island, would you want to vote off all the the women and just be stuck with all guys? <laughs> it 
Chris, for me, it's all about winning. So if I'm on yeah. this show, I'm well, going to go with whoever I think I can you'll beat. You'll take the Pete Campbell approach and just stab everyone in the back. I, yeah. I go with whatever is going to get me to the end and with the people I think I can beat. Because there's no sense in playing if you can't win, as far That's as I'm true. concerned. But yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> Would you want to get rid of all the beautiful women? It's funny because this particular season... Uh, and nothing against any of the women that are left on there, but I, to me, the m- most attractive of the women are com- are gone and out of the out of the game now. So, I um, I think if you're being honest, you should just stick with whoever, like I said earlier, whoever you think you can beat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been a great season, and I um, been having a lot Good. of fun. What about you? Uh, still enjoying this season of Castle? I have. Not I have been watched... enjoying the season of Castle. I've got to watch the next of episode after that with the the sci-fi convention and that was really good well don't Um, don't spoil it for me because i went ahead and took your advice to make sure i watched that one because it did sound intriguing mm -hmm. uh so i have but i haven't seen it yet so don't spoil it but but did you enjoy it yes and this was much more kind of like classic what i would think like first two seasons of castle was like Mm mm-hmm so it was very lighthearted. The relationship was hardly touched in this episode. It was just them solving a murder. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, did you s- see any movies recently? Because I actually did finally see one that I, was on my list. To see. Actually, I, two. I saw two movies that was on my list. I did see Wreck-It Ralph. The, Wreck-It Ralph? Yes. The Disney animated movie about the video game characters. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's Fancy right. How, how was that? And, it was very good. Um, it was quite dark for the subject matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really was kind of dark. But okay. um, I have to say, um, Disney must be learning now that they own Pixar how to make these animated films because it's definitely improved over time. It's uh, really fun. I don't think I'll go out and buy like merchandise or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But if I, I see like... Um, I picked up Brave because we pick up all the Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. This is definitely one I would think about because, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I really liked the setting. It all takes place in an arcade. Uh, speaking of arcades there. Um, mm-hmm. And it it's very cute and it, it has a good message and that kind of stuff. So it was fun. I definitely would repeat view it at least. I don't mm. know if I'd or buy it, but I would definitely, you know, tag it to come to my door from Netflix. I think that always says a lot. It's, 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 I'm glad you mentioned that because that does say a lot. If Would you consider watching the movie again? That's always a good tell sign of whether or not something's worthwhile watching is if somebody says, you know, I may not buy it, but I'd at least watch it again if it comes on. That's a great mm-hmm. sign that it at least is yeah. worthwhile seeing. So that's good and encouraging to hear. And it's funny you mentioned Brave because two of the movies that I had on my list to finally see that I caught over since me and you have last did a podcast was I finally got to see Brave and I finally saw Amazing Spider-Man. Did you want me to tell oh, you what I thought uh, of those two? Yes, because I have a ma- uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Again, it's one of those things where I saw it in the theater and now it's coming Thursday from Netflix because I wanted to see it again. Very good. Well, let me tell you real quick. First, let's start with Brave. I I did really enjoy it. I'm, mm-hmm. It's another one of those things. The best thing I can tell the people is, is that if you're waiting still for Pixar to come up with a terrible story and a horrible script, I just don't know if it's ever going to happen. They just know how to tell a story, don't they? Because even though I wasn't necessarily intrigued 
really big time about the once I when I read the synopsis and I I knew what it was about. I mean, the movie's been out for quite a while now, and mm-hmm. I knew what it was about, and it looked somewhat charming, but it didn't like really catch my but they just when you when you go to see a movie by them they so quickly drag they just get you in so so fast that you just get lost in the story and you just can't wait to hear and see what they have next and uh this is not my favorite of theirs i mean it's uh not no toy story or anything or monster inc or a couple of the other ones that i i still hold at a high level of uh respect for but it's still a very good movie as usual and the script is great and it has a little bit of uh everything for just about everyone so again another great great job by uh pixar i tell you what I don't like to give anything more than the four stars unless I think it's the you know really really outstanding. So I'll give it a three mm-hmm. and a half. But I I really enjoyed it. It's an, it, like I said, it's another great one for the family. By all means, pick it up at least on uh, DVD when it comes out pretty soon. I caught it at the Dollar Show, which a lot of you and it different parts of the country might be going to dollar show we actually still have one here <laughs> it used to be at one point it was like a two or three or four dollars it moved up to like four dollars at one point but i think what happened was the family that owns it they finally paid everything off and now they own the whole building free and clear now and they moved their 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 prices back to a dollar so that's nice the cool. best we have around here is like five dollar tuesday or something like that. Okay. And while it's nice, mm-hmm. it is packed. It's insanely packed because everyone's like, $5? I'll see a movie for that much. <laughs> yeah, $5 five dollars is a fan- great price, of absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so I caught it at the Dollar Show. The only problem with the Dollar Show was is that there was about 25 or 30 or more kids that were in this semi-small theater. This is one of their smaller ones that they had mm-hmm. Brave playing. So uh, I was kind of trapped into a <laughs> not so favorable uh, uh, experience, shall we say, <laughs> the lot of kids. But you know what? Actually, this group of kids weren't too bad. It, there wasn't a lot of screaming and yelling or kids crying or anything like that, thank goodness. So it wasn't ruined. But I was concerned going into it, let's put it that yeah. way. <laughs> uh, the last thing I was going to yeah, add, so um, – the Amazing Spider-Man. I finally got to see Amazing Spider-Man. I know that sounds terrible from someone who's a huge Spidey guy and grew up doing nothing but reading the comic books. Uh, but I uh, finally got a chance to watch it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I mm-hmm. told the, my review on Facebook, which actually is funny because I got schooled a little bit in Spidey uh, history oh, by no. some of my friends because I misspoke about a particular topic that bothered me. But uh, yeah, I. What was your I, topic? The well, I, what I said was is that I I misspoke by saying that one of the things that bothered me in this particular version was is that Spider-Man's web was a, an mm-hmm. invention that he made, and that it wasn't something that was actually part of his powers. And I said that that bothered me because that made Spidey kind of vulnerable, where you know all somebody has to do, and actually in the movie, the lizard actually does yeah. crush them and he's no longer has that ability anymore and i thought man that really makes him very vulnerable and i kind of was thinking to myself i hate that i don't like that well then somebody reminded me that in the original story his web was part of an invention that peter had invented now when i have to admit when somebody had told me that i'm like okay you got me you're right i completely forgot that 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 this the idea that it was part of his actual powers Mm -hmm. was something they added in the toby mcguire version uh, in 2003 and I forgot about that. 
And I, but then when I was starting thinking, I was like, you know what? I always thought that the device was just something to help harness and help his control his web. But then I guess after doing some research, I realized, okay, <laughs> I was wrong. It it was always just part of his uh, something he created to to yeah, make him um, more of a spider. I always thought in the comments was like, that's like the trademark ability of a spider is a spin a web. Why wasn't that the power he got? But then I guess it was like, okay, you need to show that Peter Parker's also this genius character to come up with this because that was his other little, you know, thing mm. he was known for. It was like he's Spider-Man, but he's also Peter Parker, this, you know, rocket scientist, like, well, maybe not rocket scientist, but, you know, a really good, you know, guy that can, you know, he's really smart. <laughs> so I guess yeah. that was kind of their way to show that. No, that's actually exactly right because the big nerd that I am, of course, as soon as I saw some the post on Facebook saying, you know, ah, oh, you're you're wrong, that's not, I immediately went into research mode, yeah. <laughs> and I went back. No, everyone, I did not go grab all my my comic books that are not in my basement, but I did go and do uh, an internet search and started doing research on the story, and that is exactly how they described it at first when. When the inter- when the story was first introduced, of course, with Spider Man, and um, they had eventually kind of changed his story a little bit, where you know he was this awkward, nerdy teenage kid, but then eventually they decided, well, wait a minute, let's ride him to where he's a, he's you know also very intelligent as well. So I think the first idea was I don't know if they were going to have him be that way, but then they decided to go with the idea that oh, and by the way, Peter is a really smart kid, so that's fine. I mean. I'm just thinking myself, I like to kind of live in the world that Spider-Man, that his web is also part of his power. So I don't have to think the poor guy could easily be uh, destroyed, considering this is a, a huge important part of his powers, along with his strength, is that he could, you know, spin somebody in a web real quick if he needed to, or he could jump off a building and swing his way to the next one, you know. So I, I kind of like that idea, but overall, I thought that this... I kind of give this cast a slight edge, nothing against Toby or Kirsten Dunst or anybody, because I think they all did a good job. But I did kind of like this cast a, a little bit better. I could be a little bit biased since I am in love with Emma Stone. I think she's the most hottest thing in the world. <laughs> so that could be a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of a nudge there. But I did kind of like this cast a little bit. I thought Andrew did a nice job playing Spider-Man. And I, but I think the scripts were very equal. I, I am not one of these that are out there saying that this one is way better than the Toby uh, first one. Mm-hmm. I think they're very equal. I think they're both very good good movies to see, uh, and I give them both at least four stars. So that was my pretty much essential review. Is that uh, everything was great? I didn't think it was any better, but I didn't. You know, I definitely enjoyed it. and I can't wait to see what they do with the rest of the series. Right. I'm. I think Andrew Garfield did an amazing job. I mean, he felt like he was born to play this role. Mm-hmm. and He did um, feel more like Peter a little bit. It's funny that the two girls they cast for Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy, I thought they got them reversed. I realized, like, no, you need to cast the other one as Gwen Stacy and the other one as Mary Jane. I thought they would have fit better had they just the roles been flipped. But mm-hmm. uh, it was a great um, – I thought – you know, I think Spider-Man 2 is one of my all-time favorite superhero movies. I think it is mm-hmm. so much of what a comic book adaptation of a character should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I will say this is very well done. I mean, you know, it's kind of like 
I love the 89 Batman because that was the one I saw in the theaters and, you know, that Batmobile is my favorite and stuff like that. But Dark Knight was pretty good, you know. Mm-hmm. So, sure. Right. And, um, you know, what's yeah, funny is one over. <laughs> it was funny was that when I was being schooled on Facebook about my lack of knowledge about Spider-Man, it was funny because this particular person, uh, he uh, it's actually my brother-in-law, I guess I can say it. He he had said one of the things that bo- he actually was completely bothered by the way about them changing the backstory, and I forgot to mention that 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 I had said in my review on Facebook was it didn't really bother me that much because I'm okay with the idea of them changing the story around to fit a new reboot of the story. All that stuff usually normally does not really bother me too much just because I- I'm. I'm okay with people having the way I look at it is is if if Stan Lee's okay with it, I'm okay with it, and mm-hmm. it's not, it's I don't get too caught up in it. But he had said he had made this comment it's like I don't understand how they could marry James the love insurance. How could it be uh, Gwen and I? And then I had schooled him back. I said ah 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 now hold on a second. Gwen was his love interest before Mary Jane. It wasn't until Gwen died by the hands of of um, oh gosh I can't even think the green uh, green um, Goblin that mm-hmm. he, that was, wasn't until she died and the Green Goblin ended up in uh, a comic book episode or number forty <laughs> something like that and then and then of course uh, Peter eventually his friendship with Mary Jane turned into more of a love interest <laughs> so I right. got to school him back <laughs> how's that huh right it was always a, like a Betty and Veronica thing right and then finally uh, when they ended up killing Gwen made it easy then. Right. Mary Jane it, slipped it moved in. moved on. So. MJ was in. So I, it was just funny because I was feeling so bad I was getting schooled, and then I got an opportunity to school them back, which was great. <laughs> so there but you I go. That say, shows how much a geek uh, nerd I am. <laughs> all the Marvel movies I have uh-huh. purchased because I like watching them. Still haven't got Spider-Man yet because mm. I'm like, meh. Well, I Me. own all the Toby <laughs> ones, but I, I probably will go out and buy this one as well. Okay. So there you go. So that, right. that's obviously a great high. If I buy it, you know it must oh, yeah. be good that's enough for me. That's the stamp of approval there. That's a real stamp of approval right there, my friend. Right. So, well, should we move on to our review about we Last shall. Resort? Last Resort, which has probably had like six episodes there by now. I believe that's <laughs> correct. So for those of you who are curious, yes, we're t- referring to just the pilot. Have you seen past the pilot, my friend? I have not because I wanted to see the pilot first, and I kept getting busy and sidetracked. <laughs> And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's sitting on my computer for me to watch. <laughs> so I finally did watch it. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to say, it it did not have as many tropes as I thought it would. I mean, it did mm-hmm. have some things like, oh, this high-ranking official has has a kid on the on the submarine, you know, his daughter. It's got the, you know, couple of those kind of things. But I have to say, it didn't feel like, oh, this is a reboot of Sequest or something, you know. <laughs> so, um I, I do want to see where it goes. Now, will I watch farther than that? No. Once I, you know, who knows? Maybe I like the, you know, can like the idea. I like their setup, you know, um, mm-hmm. and everything. I'm like, wow, their submarine not only has nuclear missiles, but the T-1000 on it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. Now, one thing that confused me is like towards the end of the episode, there's like, a montage of things happening. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if like that's supposed to be like taking place over a period of time or what, because it sounded like it was like, you know, that day, but 
you know, there's a scene where the, the guys who used to run the island are pulling two soldiers that are beat up out of their van. There's a one where the guy's like really drunk now at the bar saying like he let this happen. I'm like, was this like a period over a week, a day? What's going on here? Hmm. So that was kind of the weird part that lost me. Everything else I was able to keep in track with. Well, I'll be honest. I saw the pilot very shortly after it came uh, aired the first time, which was quite a few weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to put my thoughts together as far as that particular sequence of the of what you're talking about. It, you try, it was towards the very end, right? Towards the very end, yeah. Okay. And there was just like cuts because like it had him doing his speech into the camera. Oh, right. And then uh-huh. they would cut to the different parts. So I was like, what's going on? Yeah, I kind of got the gathering that all those were happening within the day, but it could have been over a little bit of time because, you know, you had the big dramatic scene in the end where, you know, you think, uh-oh, are they going to bomb them? Is it not going to happen? You know, and all that stuff happens. And then once you realize that no one gets bombed, okay, and try not to spoil too much here, but and you realize, okay, we're going to move into the closing here of the episode – I kind of just kind of gather that all these things took place in maybe not necessarily all in that particular day, but within the 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 end of that day or something. But I know what you're saying. I mean, it did kind of come across a little confusing, I suppose, now that you mention it. Um, what did you think about the cast? Are you happy with uh, um, Andre Brower? Cast, I'm really a big fan of him. and I, I like him. Again, him and I'm – Blanking on his name, the guy who played T-1000, like the only two faces I recognized. Everyone else, I had no idea who they were. Okay. So I just came in thinking, oh, fresh cast, new Mm -hmm. faces. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they could have been on lawyer shows because I don't watch them or something. And uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, you don't see military shows on TV that much. I agree. And that's one of the things I did enjoy about this Mm -hmm. Uh, show. I don't know. I mean, I do like the cast. I do. I do think one thing I'm a little concerned about. Here's one of one of the things I'm concerned about. It seems a bit ambitious as far as a storyline, and also too, it makes me wonder how long can this go? Because, okay, so you got the premise show right there in this. They got this nuclear submarine. Mm-hmm. They're camped here on this island, which obviously has a lot of. There seems to be some mysteries and things going on there as well, right? So we don't know for sure what's all going on with this island, but so they're on this island and they're basically basically going to camp out there for a while and do a standoff, shall we say, with the country until they get their way, right? So, but it makes me wonder, okay, how long is this, I mean, are they just going to stay on this island and make the island their home, I guess? I mean, for those of the people that are listening to this now and probably seen all six, seven episodes or whatever it's been, are probably laughing at us. But it makes me wonder, like, which direction are, how are they going to play this out for a long show? You know, like I a duration that, of a long show. I thought that, too, because I was like, I seem to remember the the TV show Prison Break. I was like, how are they going to stretch this out once they break out of prison? You know, what's it's their true. next move going to be? So they're on this island. Everyone knows the name of the island. They know exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not hiding, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. This is not like they're living on some mysterious, yeah, no one knows where like this island. Where you can't pinpoint it on a map. They know exactly where they are. <laughs> um one thing I didn't know, I'm going to have to watch a couple episodes, is the one 
young lady who was not on the submarine, but she she has some kind of like experimental something on that ship, on mm. the submarine. Yes. You know, she goes to the general. She's like, we need to talk because, you know, this is like a billion dollar project and blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. I'm like, what is that? You know, is it some kind of super weapon or some kind of something that they're worried that it would either get in the wrong hands or they would use it against everyone? Something. Yeah, there was definitely something going on with that storyline. Yeah. So I mean I'm sure they got I'm sure they have plenty of ideas on where which direction and how they're going to go with this, uh, but it, it was one of the things that struck me as I'm watching this. I always try to think long term, especially when I'm reviewing a show for the first time and visualizing. Mm-hmm. Well, is this something I would watch? You know, what do I think about the story? Uh, because you know, even if you love the cast, if you're not really excited about the story, you think it's going to go nowhere that you would be excited about then sometimes that can be a deterrent to whether or not you want to continue to watch it. So it was one of the things I was kind of thinking about. And it's I'm so glad you mentioned Lost. I wanted to share this with you. You're going to love this. I will remember when, right before it aired, I was listening to a local radio station here. And and one and this particular person, they were reviewing this this show. And they said, oh, you're going to, if you like Lost, you're going to love this. There's, there was so much that was so similar to this. And so I'm so after I heard this, then I saw the episode maybe a, a day or two later, and I'm watching and going, okay, these people are morons. There's nothing, nothing no. about this show that's like Lost except for the fact that they wind up being on an island. That's it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> they said they said the story is told very similar. Like it is. How? How is this? I mean, I guess system? because there's a mystery, like who ordered that bombing. Well, there's yeah. a mystery in every there's, show, though. Yeah, there <laughs> has to be a mystery in every show. Just about. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was kind of yeah. funny. I thought I'd share that. It was that I'm hearing them. I don't know if somebody's just trying to sell this real hard to Lost fans, but if you're listening to our review and you're you haven't watched any, this show yet and you heard it's like Lost, it's not. No. This is not Lost, okay? You'd even be better off watching Revolution, because even though Revolution isn't really Lost, but at least it's somewhat in the same bracket of it, you know, yes. where there's a lot of mysterious things going on. But And they had the backstory kind of mm-hmm. storytelling and all that stuff, Everyone too. knows everyone on this show. You know, they've yeah. spent time in a submarine. It's not like Strangers. <laughs> No, yeah, there's no, nothing nothing about this show that's like Lost. But it's very entertaining. I don't, mm-hmm. I will be honest, I watched the pilot, thought, oh, it's not too bad, but I haven't been watching any of the episodes since then. And I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't consider going back and, and seeing uh, mm-hmm. if this thing is, gets any better or, or, you know, worse or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But I just haven't had the time or the effort to do it. Uh, because for me, it's it's hard for me to watch too many new shows unless it's just I gotta watch the show, right. and I didn't get necessarily that feeling. But I, you know, I think to me it's at least a, a three out of five stars, just because I thought the cast was pretty good. I liked what I saw there, and it did have an interesting script. And like you said, it's kind of cool to see an adventure type uh, show that evolves around a military action, which you just don't see a you know whole lot here and there. So yes. that, that's pretty much my overall feeling. I would about probably it. say this is like a three out of five for me as well. Mm-hmm. This is probably somewhere in the long z- lines of Arrow, where I'm not actively seeking this show, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't mind watching more episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you hear the if it gets picked up, and you know it's going to be for the long term for sure, might be something you could jump on board and check it out for sure. But yeah. I, 
you know, I don't want to shoot the poor show down the, the, the drain because obviously they're going to no. have to have regular watchers to keep it, uh, to have even have a shot to get renewed. I definitely would say give this one a chance. Give it a fair shot. Get a fair shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. You you might be surprised. Uh, and especially, I think, uh, I definitely believe this is really drawn towards men, shall we say. Uh, I think yeah. definitely think it's a show that a man would prefer to watch. Uh, what do you think about that, Chris? It definitely, it's funny. Um, 30-something male? Probably, definitely that age bracket. It reminded me, um, though, this is a real obscure genre nowadays on TV, but almost like a Western. So mm, mm-hmm. how those were so, you know, aimed at men and they had those archetypes and everything. So sure. I would say it's definitely something like that, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I thought kind of I thought that was the way about Vegas too. I thought they really were shooting for the male audience with that they show. Were, as well. They were or they are. It's still on. I think it's been picked up. It's another it one of those where I really enjoyed the cast. I enjoyed the premise, mm-hmm. but putting another show on my plate is just not in the cards right now. But I do right. want to keep watch. You know, I want to pick it up sometime mm-hmm. and like burn through a season, kind of like. Kind of like how I started with Dexter. You know, I just picked up the first season of DVD, watched them all like in two days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could I could see me doing that with this show. Uh, one last thing before we close on the show. I, here's another thing I was thinking of too when I was watching it. Uh, I felt like when I when when they told us we're telling this a story and how this was playing out, I really felt like wow, this would make a great action movie. Like this, I could see mm-hmm. this premise. Of the movie, just how this first episode began. If like you cut out a lot of the uh, ins and outs that you could have messed with, and made this like this kind of like a, you know, the the type of movie like an Air Force One movie. You know, you know what Definitely. I'm talking about. I was about? thinking like, oh, Harrison Ford to play the captain. Yes, plays the captain, and then <laughs> it's it's this it's this ship against the the country, and then uh, the story unravels, and you find out who's involved and. You know, I get to see this being a great action movie. Well, it definitely reminds me of Crimson Tide, which is very similar. That's perfect. Crimson Tide, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just thought thought I'd throw that out there that while I was watching it, I was thinking, wow, this would have made a great action movie, let alone a television show. So Yes. But uh, there you go. So it sounds like we're even on this one too, buddy. Yes, we we both definitely are going to, you know, let give this one a try. I'm going to definitely... Um, track down someday where I have some free time and watch some of these episodes again. Like we always say, they're online somewhere, either ABC's site, Hulu's site, Amazon, iTunes. There, there's no shortage of being able to find these episodes. Oh, yeah, no, definitely no shortage at all. I no. agree. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's see. I guess we should we move into our featured stuff? to our one? documentaries. All right, let's do it, buddy. We had a lot of phone calls, and then one day it was from someone with Life Magazine who wanted to do a story on video games. The 20 best video game players in the world getting together. And there's people from all over, California, Florida, I think one guy's from Alaska. These are the all-pro guys. For video games, this is the equivalent of the Sgt. Pepper's album. Are the players ready? All right! Everybody wanted to be better than everybody else. Everybody wanted to showcase. If you couldn't play a video game, you were nothing. I used to go and play a game to destroy the game. To an arcade owner, I am the worst nightmare. I could walk into a strange arcade and step up to a game, and I could have half an arcade full of people around watching. 
The modern supermarket has on average 47,000 products. The industry doesn't want you to know the truth about what you're eating, because if you knew, you might not want to eat it. We've never had food companies this powerful in our history. Everything we've done in modern agriculture is to grow it faster, fatter, bigger, cheaper. If you could grow a chicken in 49 days, why would you want one you got to grow in three months? When you go through the supermarket, there is an illusion of diversity. So much of our industrial food turns out to be rearrangements of corn. That was Food Inc., which I watched and I have not eaten since. <laughs> You've been starving yourself ever since. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to starve you to death by making you watch that movie. Well, it's one of those things like if you watch Super Size Me, then you're like, wow, fast food is so horrible for you. <laughs> it's so funny you said that. And I guess this makes for a great conversation about how that a great documentary, when it's done correctly mm-hmm. and – it can either scare you or really influence you in a way to just completely change everything, like you said, whether it's uh, in this movie making you never want to eat beef or chicken ever again uh, or or supersize me making you never want to go in and have a McDonald's hamburger because you realize this stuff is terrible for you. So, uh, and of course, I just mentioned two movies that have to do with food, but you know what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. Uh, The documentaries are always... Uh, most directors and writers that d- mo- produce these kind of movies, they always have, they do have an agenda. Let's be honest. Most of mm-hmm. them always have an agenda. I know a lot of times they always try to say, "Well, we didn't really have an agenda. We we try to cover both sides." But let me tell you something. If you walked away watching Food Inc., there's no way you had any sympathy or any feelings at all for the big food industry companies thinking, "Well, well they're not yeah, that bad." <laughs> considering none of them were in the documentary because yes. they knew it would just they would get ambushed. You know, they're like, I am not even going to go into this because I can smell a trap a mile away. (laughs) And so they were not going to do this because they would be like, oh, here's some footage. What do you have to say about that? Or, you know, throw statistics at them that are Mm -hmm. horrible. So they were none of them got interviewed. Well, let's go ahead and start with you, I guess, uh, since we're already talking so much about it. So. Uh, obviously, it disturbed you a little bit. What was there well, any, anything else that did? Was there anything you enjoyed the, about it? Well, it was well done. It was very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, they covered a lot of bases. It wasn't just the pork industry or the beef industry. It was sure. food. It was food as a whole. One thing that um, I found interesting was Monsanto, which is a St. Louis company, mm-hmm. and it, you know they talked about how they engineered the soybean that resists Roundup and whatnot. Oh, and right. uh-huh. you cannot collect the seeds because that's copyright infringement. That's like illegally downloading an MP3, essentially. <laughs> right. So these farmers have to just use it all and then buy it next year because they can't collect seeds and, you know, I guess germinate them and, and make more because that certain, you know, genome or whatever is a copyright patent trademark of Monsanto. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, that's odd. You know, I mean, it is odd. Yeah. So I didn't know something like that could be like, well, that's just like, you know, bootlegging a DVD, essentially. Right. So, yeah, that is actually, I'm glad you mentioned it. It's been a few years since I uh, watched the movie. I wanted to rewatch it again since I knew you were going to watch it. And I just, unfortunately, just didn't have the time to do it before we did our show here. But, 
I did forget about that, and that is an interesting way to look at it. It is just like you know downloading an illegal copy of a movie or a, an MP3 file. So that was um, a lot of. There was a lot of interesting things in the movie. That's for sure. Definitely some eye-opening things, right? Hmm. I mean, just you know, it's like okay, I don't need to see how how many pigs and whatnot are slaughtered because we all know <laughs> that's true. We right. all know what's going on behind the scenes. You do not want to see. But, like, I was surprised that, like, you know, they were showing what uh, products are made out of corn. And it was like, oh, your maple syrup, a battery. You know, mm-hmm. it was like your um, cola, a diaper. It was like, these are all arrangements of corn. <laughs> right, exactly. I think it's a, this is one of those documentaries that come along every once in a while that uh, it gets a lot of press because of the content, and it's always fun to listen to so many different reactions to this particular movie. My wife, uh, she's a great example. Uh, Once she knew what it was about, and this might make her Mm -hmm. pretty smart, is that she decided, I'm not watching this movie (laughs) because I don't want to know. And I actually, it's funny because she said that is that it's that's probably not a bad decision to make because no. this is one of those movies that where you watch it you go oh my what mm-hmm. am I eating <laughs> you know and it does it can scare you it scares a lot of people I've listened to reactions from other people including other podcasters by the way I remember when Cliff Stephanie Cliff uh, Ravenscraft and Stephanie uh, watched that movie and covered it on one of their uh, couples podcasts that they do together. And they were just completely freaked out about it and was like, we're going organic forever, you know, <laughs> trying yeah. to get food from a farm, you know, and stuff. And it, it's just, uh, it, it scares people. And I've always, I'm always fascinated. To me, that's a sign of a, a really good documentary when you can really just make people really freak them out. And I know we said, you know, documentaries have agendas, but I didn't feel like their beliefs were being pushed on me. Like, this is, listen. Yeah corporations are just of the devil and you need to go to the local farmer who doesn't use pesticides doesn't use this doesn't use that and they just said hey there is alternatives out there or you can continue eating this you know i i agree with that i don't think they push it too hard i mean yes no. obviously they're these companies are not being looked upon in a very favorable thing but let's be honest, it's kind of hard to make those people look very favorable. We live in such a different world today, and I think they kind of brought this out a lot in the movie was that, you know, we cons- we're, there's a lot of people, we're consuming a lot of this food uh, very quickly. Uh, we don't want to wait for it. We don't want to pay too high of a prices. And so in typical corporate style, of course, We've gotten to the point where uh, these companies are realizing, hey, we, we we cut all these corners and do all these things, we can make even more of a profit. I mean, so, you know, in a way, a lot of times we have ourselves to blame with some of this stuff just because of our habits and the way we do things and how we treat food and stuff. But I think uh, they did a good job for me, Chris, was that just giving making me aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And making me think about my choices, and I think if you come away from anything from the movie, that's probably the most important thing is you come away from thinking, okay, I, you know, this has been brought to my attention, and it makes me think a little bit better about how, uh, where and where I get my food and how I do it and all that stuff. So they did a good job with that. I, I, I definitely agree. Like, when you were learning, like, 
you know, these four uh, meat processing companies used to only own 20% of the market. Now they own 90%, you know. So you can just see how everything grew and became such a, you know, just a few few companies control all of it, essentially. Yeah, and that's probably one of the scariest parts about yeah. it is that fact. And I, and I think another thing that will scare people is, is that, you know, we – hear so much from our politicians and I don't want to get too political but you hear so much from our politicians whether no matter which side they're on democrat republican mm-hmm. it doesn't matter and you know about how you know concerns about our foods and everything but you know you know if they're really concerned maybe they should watch food inc <laughs> if they haven't seen it yet hello maybe you should right. check this movie out which I'm just teasing, of course, because I'm sure they all know what's going on with the food industry, but no one is really going to try to really stop these people unless us, the people, are to do something about it, meaning we really start changing the way we're doing and stop buying food uh, too much on a regular basis as much as we can. I mean, that's difficult for a lot of people because not everybody's in the situation where they could do that or afford that. You know, I mean, let's be honest, if you if you buy stuff from um, – a local farmer who doesn't, you know, pump his stuff up full of all this junk, you know, you're probably going to pay a lot more money for that chicken. But right, you know what I'm saying. But at least people are aware of it, and that's what I appreciate about a movie like this is it makes us aware, and maybe uh, down the road things can change. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I felt that like, you know, it, and consumers do have some of the blame because they want when they go into McDonald's. Every chicken nugget to taste exactly the same way, no matter where they are. That's true. You know, they want, you know, they don't want to spend, uh, you know, four dollars for a dozen eggs or eight, you know, eight dollars. Good point. So guess what? They've got to manufacture them this way to get you that price point you want. Yeah. If everyone was willing to say, listen, if you make it healthier or I don't get sick from eating your stuff, I will pay more. And if enough people did that. It wouldn't be the same way, you know. People would, the company would change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there needs to be more people saying that. But uh, I would say, it, even though again, it made me question, like, what is in this Oreo I'm eating? Uh, <laughs> that it, it was good, well done. Um, it actually looked very good. Some documentaries is like you just bring your old VHS, you know, cassette recorder out or something. <laughs> this was very high quality. Uh, very well done. So I give it three out of five. Oh yeah, this is a high production. Yes, uh, uh, documentary. Production, folks. Definitely. This is definitely not something that was done by a bunch of amateurs. I mean, it was. This is high end. I know it was in all the independent uh, documentary award shows and things like that. I don't even remember what all it won, but I I know it did uh, at least raise a lot of eyebrows. A lot of people praised the movie. So this is a this is a big high end documentary. It's definitely worth watching, I thought. Yes. So, I don't remember if it was on Morgan Sporlock's top 50 documentaries to watch. It might have been. Was it? It, it probably was. It's, I think it was. It's a big enough and well done enough that I think he would definitely tip his hat to it. Yeah, I think. I know what I think about it. I think it was on that uh, top 50 documentaries to watch before you die, but I could be wrong. So, uh, I guess I should go ahead and move into the one I watched, I yes. guess. Yes. I got to watch A Chasing Ghost Beyond the Arcade that was done in 2007. Uh, This is basically the story of the 1982 video game world championship shared 
by all these basically all the stories of all these kids and also this one in particular gentleman named Walter who was kind of the uh what would be the most way to describe Walter? I guess he He's like the gatekeeper or he is he's the guy that keeps all your high scores. He's... Right. He was the first one that yeah. that that did that with the scores because I guess then no one was keeping score and he's like, well, wait a minute, I'll keep the score. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so anyway, it's this great story. Uh, what I think the first thing you're going to love about this movie is, and we've talked about this before about documentaries, documentaries can be really good when the story is mainly focused on the people themselves, the the, the characters they're trying to d- d- display here. Right. I mean, this, in this case, all these kids – that were involved, and they kind of uh, surround the story by how in 1982 they all had their picture taken for Life magazine, and then they take you through each story of each one of these guys and and where they were at that time and and the scores and how and the games they like to play. They had uh, interviews with each one of these guys, and you mm-hmm. got to hear them talk about what it was like then and uh, oh, how they looked at video game. And then they also took you through the stories of what they're up to now, to how they feel about games today, and it was just, it was very entertaining. Now, uh, the many people might have seen, if you're a big documentary guy or girl, you probably have seen the movie uh, The the King, King, King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. Now, that was also produced right around the same time as this one, from what I understand, right, Chris? Is that um, I think... Kong I think was... so. Let's see. Actually, here, I got it right in front of me. They okay. were both done in 2007. Okay. And both, They're... of course, star Billy Mitchell and uh, the other young man, uh, hold on, Steve Saunders? Yeah, I think that's right. Yes. They were both in, in, in both Walt of these movies. And was in both. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. So both of these movies are very good. But I tell you why I like this one, Chris. That maybe even a little bit better than the King Kong one because mm-hmm. that one was really – Focused on that story between with the record-breaking score, right? If I remember right, right. you have to fresh my memory because this this is the only movie that's fresh in my mind. This one was so focused on a group of individuals, not just Billy and 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 uh, Saunders, Steve, but it was focused on all these guys that were just really they were really good at what they did, and they were kind of. Um, uh, was, I mean, should you say they were revolutionary? I mean, because today, you know, it's a video game industry is gigantic today. Uh, yeah. they, and they have video game championships. There is people who actually do make a living as being professional game players. Uh, now, unfortunately, these guys were so far ahead of the game in that in that, in that uh, atri- uh, retrospect that they none of them really ever made any money becoming game players, unfortunately. In fact, yeah. that's one of the things they discuss in the movie is that the, the poor guys all have kind of a, a moment eventually where they pretty much stop playing and realize, uh-oh, I guess I need to grow up and uh, get a real job or something, right? Uh, so unfortunately, none of them made it big off of playing games. Uh, but today, you know, it, it's such a big industry, and like I said, there's guys, there's people who actually get paid to play games, and um, it just, it's definitely a different, uh, different world. Uh, one of the things I thought was kind of sad is I, I was thinking, I was expecting one of these guys to say, "Yeah, I, I finished my degree in programming and started designing games," but uh, none of the ones that they uh, 
uh, did in this movie, the one of the guys that they were talking with uh, did that. I was kind of surprised by that. Were you, Chris? I don't know. It, maybe they just got burnt out on all of that. Could and be. And decided, you know what, I can make a living in being a doctor, and I've tried making a living in video games, and I can't, so... One of the things I thought was entertaining, too, is when they were discussing uh, the, the, this highlight of between, especially between, it sounded like between the years of 1982 to 83, somewhere in there. When yeah, they were like having the 84 is when, like, the bubble burst and, like, home consoles were really taking over the market and yes. didn't do much with arcades after that. That's right. In fact, and they discussed that, of course, in the movie, which is another thing I love, that they, they <laughs> went through that part of the story, is that you had this, like, like you said, when arcade was king there yep. for just a short period of time, and these kids were in the mix of it because they were considered the best of the best of the world. They even had a championship uh, a, 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 a tournament and everything. I mean, they, they were big enough to where Life Magazine wanted their picture. Right. And they had groupies. Who would have ever thought they would have groupies that arcade <laughs> kids would have groupies? I mean, they were living high as a, high as a kite there for just a short little window there yeah and it was just about two years yeah just about two years and it was just a lot of fun to hear their story and what it was like to live that for just a short period of time and then of course now today they're for the most part they're nobodies right um i know billy seems to be all community yeah especially in their community but i thought it was a nice way to tell their story like I said, it wasn't focused on just one particular person. They mentioned all these kids that were just really good at what they did. Some of them are still characters today. Did you? Did, I can't remember some of their names, but there's a couple of them I know that you're probably like me that just I walked away going, boy, these guys are just bigger than life. Well, Billy Mitchell is one of them. I mean, yeah. he's he's obviously bigger than life. Uh, but I'm trying to remember what's the – oh, one guy calls himself Captain Awesome. Oh, my God, that, that was a character. Kent? Name Kent Kent uh, Fair yeah it could yeah. be Kent Ferries I'm trying to I'm trying to remember but he was <laughs> there was just a couple of them and then the guy also too that is now a lawyer mm-hmm. which I wasn't too surprised about that he's the guy it was so funny because they and I don't want to spoil too much but he's um, he's talking about how he's today he likes to surround himself around successful people and it looked like he was in a strip club with four or five strippers around him. <laughs> And then he's interviewing in his house, and he's got this gal with him who's, like, talking about how great he is. And I'm looking at her going, "Mm, did you just pay her to say that? (laughs) It was just brilliant, brilliant uh, filmmaking because you could just see that that the director must have been going, this is just great stuff. But they're all characters for the most part, and I just really enjoyed hearing their stories. And, uh, uh, Chris, you uh, picked a great story. Great choice for I, me. I definitely um, would say this is a great companion piece to um, King the of King Kong. Kong. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen one, you should see the other. I agree. Thing. I agree. Uh, not that really it like builds off of it or anything like that, but it's like it has a lot of the same people in it. Mm-hmm. It kind of follows the same aspect of it. Um, it right. doesn't feel – not that King of Kong was that scripted or anything, but it doesn't feel as cinematic. It definitely feels more like a documentary. That's true. Because they're everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And I liked that they interviewed everyone because if they had only interviewed one or two of these guys, especially the ones really down on their luck, I would have left depressed. I would have been like, this is sad. Right. But 
they talk to everyone and the majority of them are doing great and they're, you know, just living their lives as normal. I agree. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Was, there, I mean, of course, yeah, there's some, some parts of the story you walked away going, oh, that poor, oh, that poor guy. Maybe yeah. Walter, I kind of felt a little bit sorry for Walter too. But I, but in the end, you're right. Not everyone is in all down outs because of, of the whole situation and they're all for the most part doing just fine and life went on for them. And you know, it's great. I think the only thing I thought was kind of interesting, not all of them, but there was quite a few of them. They kind of had negative views about video games. In fact, one of them, and I can't remember which one it was. He actually went as far as saying that video games today are not creative and all this other stuff. And I, I kind of was scratching my head about that thinking, wow, I, I would think as a big video game person, you would be impressed with where we're at today in video games. I mean, not only do I think they're creative, but they're so advanced. And, I mean, the the complexity of the video games today is, is amazing compared to what they were playing. To me, I look at what they were playing today, and granted now, don't get any offend anybody, these were games that I loved as a kid too. <laughs> I mean, I played Burger Time and King Kong a million times in Pac-Man. Yeah. But, you know, there was... It seems so simple and so childish today compared to what we play today. And I, I just thought it was – I don't know if that was just uh, them being um, just negative to video games today because they're not part of it or they just don't get it or they're getting too old and they don't understand new games. I, I, I don't know. I was a little disappointed by that, and I don't remember which one it was that had criticized them not being creative, and I don't remember what all he said. It, I don't know if it was Ben Gold or Sam or – one of those guys had said that. I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I agree with that. But it was kind of an interesting take on it. But I don't know. What did you think about that part of it? Um, I can kind of see where he's coming from because an arcade machine had to teach you how to play the game and what the objectives were when you first started. I mean, mm-hmm. you only had a quarter. And if you couldn't figure out how to play the game or what you're supposed to do in it, you walked away to another machine. Mm-hmm. So... Like, I was recently playing Assassin's Creed 2, and, like, the tutorial level is, like, 30 minutes long. It just takes forever to learn all the complex maneuvers. Now, I love the story. I love the voice acting. That's great. But, I mean, it really does. An arcade boils down the point to a fine, refined it. And, you know, it is fun. I, I I mean, like, Joust, it took me a while, but I figured out how to play joust and you know mm-hmm. you gotta hit them from the top down and you know you figure out burger time you're like oh i use the pepper and things like that so that's a good I'd, point i'd say you know uh, a lot of these like because i have them on my i my ipad i have like a lot of the midway collection stuff and i mm-hmm. i constantly play rampage and whatnot so um it's a lot of fun i would say though um video games have come a long way as far as being able to tell those stories you know you couldn't you know those boards that the arcades were built on couldn't do all of this so sure. now that you can do all this it's great that you can you know that's true and, and I, i'm glad you brought that point up that's a good point and I'm, maybe that's kind of where he was going with that there mm-hmm. and uh be me to say because obviously i love playing those games i probably to be honest with you chris I like playing those old games more than even some of the new games today. And me that too. could be here what here though I'll be honest for me Chris it's more just because it does remind me of my childhood. 
I think well, more than true. anything. But mm-hmm. no, I know what you're saying. Though, and I think that you made a good point there. So, but I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I give it at least. I'll give it four stars. I really did enjoy it. Uh, like I said, even though I do agree, you need to watch the the King Kong one as well, King of Kong, whatever it's called, and you need to watch both of them. But I really enjoyed this one a tad bit better even than that one, just because of the fact that it was a, more than just one person's story, and you really got a whole feel of what what was going on during that time, and I enjoyed it immensely. So thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. All right. Well, I, I would give it probably four stars, and. Um, it is, uh, one, because it wasn't that expensive, I picked up on DVD so I could watch again. Good, good. And if you liked these two, there's another special, uh, another documentary on Netflix called Special When Lit mm. about the pinball industry. Mm, okay. And that one is really well done. Very good. And I also, too, as we close, I'll mention uh, for those of you who are listening, it looks like, oh, I know that this particular movie, Chasing Ghost, is available on Netflix uh, and I know that Food Inc. is available for Amazon Prime folks and Netflix folks. So many reasons uh, now to give give these uh, ones both these movies a chance. Definitely. So on to what we'll be reviewing for the next couple episodes. Mm-hmm. What have you picked for me, Jeremiah? Well, I yes, I do have uh, for you a television show, a series for you to watch, and I'm going to hand select five episodes. Do you want me to go ahead and tell you what it is? Yes, please. It's the Brad Garrett television show Till Death. It uh, unfortunately did not make it past but a few seasons, but there, um, there's a lot of great content in this show, and I really enjoyed it. Both my wife and I enjoyed the show. It was one of those shows that you hope you were hoping it would make it, but it didn't. But we have enough out there where um, it's definitely worth at least checking out because uh, the characters were just so great. And uh, it's uh, it's it's one of those movies that's perfect for someone uh, who's uh, who's married as well. So we'll now, uh, be discussing that. I've never seen them, but I would flip through. Did it go through a major cast change or something? Yes, it did. And we'll, we'll, I guess okay. we can discuss a little bit of that when we start reviewing it. Because yes, like, it did. I was flipping around, I'm like, oh, this guy's on, and then like however much time passed, and I'm like. Where's that other guy? You know, just like flipping through it, the channels, and I saw Brad Garrett talking to someone else. I'm like, did the well, story the, change? Did they move? The two main main characters, uh, Joy and Brad's character, <laughs> they they are constant. But yes, the okay. the people surrounding them unfortunately changed, and I don't know all the details. But we'll I tell you what, when we go to do reviewing this show, I'll even do some more research and get maybe all the the scoop on what okay. happened there. Uh, but yeah, well, that's what I picked for you. Well, I picked something for you, and I have not told you yet because I know you're just going to groan when I say it. Okay. But uh, your next series to watch, it's currently airing, Mm -hmm. is Animal Planet's Finding Bigfoot. Finding Bigfoot on Animal Planet. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that uh, is very intriguing. I will, uh, but I I won't poo poo all over it yet until I see it. Uh, so yes, you'll have to send me now. That since it's a current show, it'll be easy for you. Yes. You just have to let me know what day and time it's on. But I, I guess I can mm-hmm. always look up that on my DVR. But yes. for you, I'll have to go through and try to figure out which five episodes I want you to watch. So sounds good. I'll send you an email. As far as double blind, I don't know yet, but we'll think of We're something. S- still Maybe trying something to figure that seasonal. out. Yes, exactly. We'll figure something out. So it'll be a surprise. Yes. Should we tell people how they can get a hold of us? They can get a hold of us. Uh, the simple ways are through the Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm at Dr. Quest, 
and you are uh, J Panhorst. Right. And you could also email us at feedback at what to watch podcast.com or uh, leave a review on iTunes if you haven't already. And if you listen to the show and give us, you know, give us some stars there since we rate everything in stars. Yes, that would be great. Uh, so, but yes, we will be seeing you next time when we watch who knows what. It, much like the elusive Bigfoot, we don't know what what <laughs> exactly. is out there. So. Very good. Well, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun, no matter what we do. <laughs> yep. Well, I will see you next time. All right, take care.